episode 95 we go in and presents um we've been posting a lot consistently the last few weeks right now joined by a legendary guest someone who's not that far from me right now um physically living what about maybe 20 minutes away dj retmatic of the world famous beat junkies man retmatic it's great to have you here man what's up brian how you doing thank you for having me no no doubt you know it's been it's great to catch up you know do an official interview here but um Man, I, I guess the first thing I got to say is you've just been super helpful, man, just helping me kind of get acclimated to the scene out here, know what's going on, uh, places to look, venues. So um, I appreciate that, man, but also just super impressed with how you have your your finger on the pulse of just about everything going on out here. I I, I try to. I mean, you know, it's just I don't I don't go out as like I used to, but, you know, I still co- always try to keep my ear in the street and per se and just know what's going on or at least if the homies are in town or whatnot and i mean you have to understand about uh la or i should say southern california because you know there's la proper there's la county there's orange county then if you go a little more south there's san diego you go up you know you look you know then there's the valley you know obviously bay area is a whole nother thing so everybody thinks when they think of la they just only think of la and hollywood that's it but la is really spread out far and stuff so you know um so it, it, it all depends where you want to go where you want to do and stuff and then what people have to understand that in la you got to have a car you know you have to drive you know and it's usually like 25 to 30 minutes to get around you know, minus the traffic. You know, if you're dealing with tra- LA traffic, then it's a, at least 45 to an hour and stuff. So, man, with all your commitments and everything you've got going on, you know, how do you balance, you know, being a part of the scene, go, you know, being at the venues, you know, uh, the different events, festivals, everything that's going on? I mean, they just had the Happiness Pursuit Festival in Ontario and that was huge. How do you balance making appearances, performing? But also making sure that you know you're just taking care of what you got to take care of at home and not not being out everywhere all at once. Because I mean, you could be out just about every night out here. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I would say now at at this particular point in my life, I'm I'm very I'm very choose you know I'm very choosy where I go. I mean, it's it you know uh, it's also like the you know like if I was younger, I'd be everywhere. <laughs> you know like I, yeah. I i i don't care i'll make i'll make an effort i mean the thing is like say the you know like the top uh festival that's over in in you know like ontario. In the inland, you know, ontario so that's an in inland empire so that's like about a good 45 minutes uh from uh, or at least an hour from la 45 minutes from where i where we live and stuff like that so it, you know it, it all depends where you know you know that's a good, you know, that's a good hip hop festival. So, I mean, that's one of the newer, the newer hip hop festivals. Cause before there used to be, you know, a while back used to be rock the bells. I mean, the, you know, before, you know, uh, by grill union, there was like Cypress Hill used to have smoke fest. Um, there was, uh, there's, there's rhyme fest. There's, there were so many festivals, but that's just that. But, you know, there's also shows that again, depending what area you're going to, uh, while, I'm I'm just being choosy and then also like you know my time trying to be more was my with my time um and you know and stuff that I if I'm committed I just can't you know I can't be there at 20 at one you know two places at once if it's, especially it's far and stuff but you know again it all it all it at, at this particular point in my life I'm just I'm just trying to be more uh work smart and be be mindful of my time. 
Yeah, no doubt. You know, when you look at that too, um, one thing that you did this year that uh, that definitely caught my ear just through the you know Spotify was the Rawls Matic project with Jay Rawls. Mm. You know, lo- love the way you guys put that together. You know, I mean, how did that come about, and and what was that process like, really putting Rawls Matic together? Uh, man, so I met Jay Rawls like uh, mid mid early 2000s maybe 2004 or so uh i met him when i was still working at fat beats la um and he happened to came to, uh to la with his wife and he came in the store and he was like hey you're jay rawls and he goes like you're rep matic and you know so that's how we met and then eventually at the time too uh john robinson was living in la so he was good friends with john obviously with john robinson and we we connected through also through that you know we, we went to a you know we went to a party that he was there and we just you know we just you know uh exchange numbers and stuff like you know and saying like hey man i'm a fan of your work we sell your records here and he says like yeah i'm familiar with the beat junkies and whatnot and stuff so and then he just you know and then he would start coming out uh, to la just you know you know on some on some just either dj or some vacation runs and then he just says like one time we just hanged out and he says we should make an album together mm-hmm. i'm like hmm i like oh shit and you know a lot of people know rawls is you know he's he's a well-respected producer um a lot of people know me more as a as, as a dj turntablist but not as a producer right unless you i mean if you're in la everybody knows that i produce you know especially uh you know doing production for the visionaries you know being part of the you know the dj and the producer but, you know, outside of that, outside of the LA hip hop scene, you know, a lot of people don't know I produced. So when we announced that we were going to do some work together, everybody was like, it was interesting. It was like, you know, it was like, wow, I would never thought of a collection. I mean, I, I mean, a collaboration between Jay Rawls and Rep, Repmatic, just because it's like two different styles. Like if you if you listen to Rawls production, he's, you know, he's definitely, you know, very musical and very jazzy, you know, um, mine. I, I tend to be more, uh, 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 for me, my personal taste is more like um rough, rugged, you know, hardcore boom bap shit like that, you know. So, uh, but as DJs, we listen to everything. So you know, I you know we'd listen to both like funk, disco, house, Brazil. I mean, Rawls is a big Brazilian music fan. Um, you know, it just we uh, working with Rawls was like it was cool for me because it was something different. And I'm sure it's the same thing I can say with Rawls. But in the process of making that album, uh, we became really good friends and stuff, you know. So uh, it took a while to make the album just because of our schedules. Like some, uh, at the time, you know, like uh, he would mostly come out here to record. You know, we would work on music together. We would, you know, at the time we first started, we were using, I was using the MPC 2000, of course. And then he was using the ASR 10. So two, two machines. So two different machines and we would try to like, okay, I would do the beat. Uh, I would do the drums. He do the sample vice versa. Or, you know, we'd, and then I would sometimes fly out to, uh, to Columbus, Ohio, where he lives, you know, spend a weekend over there and then do the same thing. So it took, a, it took a while to, to go back and forth to work on it. We didn't do no, we didn't email or anything like that. Um, majority of it was a lot. A lot of it was done here just because, you know, because it was more, con- it was more convenient for him to come out here more than I, for me to go out there um but took us a while um but um and we were just trying to pick up people you know most of it are friends or we were fans of 
that we had relationships you know, that, you know to make the album you know we didn't we just and most of the time we just didn't overthink it we just did what we thought was dope man that that's amazing man i mean especially when I, when i look at both of your careers and uh the way you've both had longevity but like continue to reinvent yourselves and and try new things i mean how much do you think that that kind of shared ideas and qualities helped you guys as as you worked on this i think it worked you know definitely being to quote unquote as you said to reinvent ourselves i think that's the most important thing cuz as you grow as you as we as we you know as we grow as people and stuff, our, t- our taste changes, you know, I mean, of course, uh, technology changed too at the same time stuff. Cause like, it was funny too. I introduced, I introduced, uh, uh, Rawls to Serato and he was like, what's that? You know? So, you know, and then the same thing too, just recently, uh, uh I, I introduced him to Serato studio and stuff. Mm. Um, and cause he was mostly an ASR tent. Like we both came from a hard, you know, from traditional hardware, you know, production work, you know, but, you know, I learned, I, I personally learned like before I went to Sarah studio, I was an SP 1200 MPC 2000 guy and eventually got into uh reason, which is a software by uh, uh, a production software by uh propeller head. I got that. I, I went, I got into that through DJ Khalil, so scientific. And stuff mm. like that, because Cell scientific, you know, him, uh, Khalil, who's also like, you know, he did shit for, you know, he was working with, you know, he's did a lot of stuff for Dr. Dre, um, 50 Cent. You know, he was he's even doing bigger. He's he's now a big time, well, well-respected Grammy award winning producer, but he's still, you know, a hip hop hit and still making raw shit. But I've learned like learning from him. He was he was the first person to actually was, you know, how everybody's now like doing sound packs and uh, sampling musicians he's the first person to do that where he's he get us a, a, a session musician make them play and he'll he'll sample them and chop it and you wouldn't know you would think it was a record but it's all because of because of that i learned how to transition from hardware to software and then it's the same thing too it's like i was i you know i showed that to to raw it's like yo man you know you could still do what you want like we do using a hardware, but now it's like, man, imagine just making beats in a coffee. Cause you know, you have to think of this too, as like you being, you being a professor, uh, um, I've learned this the hard way is that, you know, uh, uh, you know, being, you know, you coming from an older generation, you want to keep the tradition, but you also have to realize that sometimes you have to, you know, be a student, learn, l- willing to learn and just try something different but you know, and learn to expand, and and, and just learn how to just you know just kind of still be you, but also learn how to you know grow as an artist and as a person. Because we're not gonna I, don't get me wrong, I still love the you know I play I still play the raw shit, but I I can't play that twenty four seven. I'm like I want to listen to jazz, I want to listen to Brazil music, I want to listen to you know whatever you know like disco or house and stuff like that. You know, I I, I that's you know. You grow. I mean, if you're a DJ, you listen to all times different music. As a hip hop DJ, you should be listening to different all types of music, you know? So, but yeah, we, we, at the end of the day, too, also, we just, uh, I think, in my humble opinion, is that we just love what we do. And that, I think that's what, you know, I think it shows in our music. No, for sure. And I, I think that's where a song like Straight Shot of Whiskey, 
was so great off of Rawlsmatic even like just such mm-hmm. a different a different vibe but it's like you can see how I mean you can see how you guys would create something like that but um, you know, different than a song that you might get with like Superstition or Wordsworth on it. Right, 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 right. No, totally. I mean, that's what we wanted to do was make an album that we just, that was all our, we, you know, we, we, everything that we encompass. One thing that we, we didn't get to do or get to finish was we wanted to put a house song on there, but we just didn't have time. We've been, we've been sitting on this album for such a long time and redoing it over and over and over. And it was like to a point where it was like, we need to put it out just, you know, like, don't, you know, let's just, let's, we got to put it out, you know, because if we don't, if we, if we overthink it, we're never going to put this out. Cause there were times we were trying to shop it to different labels and stuff, but I think everything happens for a reason. And I think it just, how it came out, it was supposed to be how it was supposed to be, you know? Mm, yeah. No, that's great. Did you guys get the response you wanted from it? And, you know, thinking about just who you were trying to reach? uh that's a good question i i for me personally i i i i i think we did a pretty good job of you know the response we got has been really positive of course it, like in anything i think it'd be more you know it'd be nice if we get more uh uh bigger wide reach but uh for what we did and and with the people that helped us, so like you know, we, the response was a little bit more better than we expected to be, you know. So, and I think I think it was be- the timing was right for what, us that what we were presenting versus if we did it um, a couple of years ago or ten years ago or something like that. So, um, um, I, I, for me, I'm I'm really happy and surprised and surprised at the same time of the response of the beginning. It's very positive. So, um, yeah, man. That's awesome. I mean, when you look at, you know, you've been consistently putting out projects and a lot has changed over the landscape, you know, even in the last five years. But if we go back 10, 15 years, I mean, totally different game. You know, when you look at 2023, 2024, what does it take to really launch, release a project and have it be as successful as possible? Uh, That is a good question because it all, I think everyone's, uh, uh, everyone's goal or, or end goal is different, you know, or their, their turn, their terms of success, because it, for, for me, I think it's just, just that you have to, you have to be realistic what, what you can do, you know, I mean, granted with social media, uh, it's a, it's a great tool, but it's also like, it could be detrimental. And if you get also caught up with the, with the algorithms or at least the, you know, what, people post, you know, you almost don't feel like you have like a, a, a imposter syndrome and whatnot. But um, I think, it ju- you know, if you just, I've learned this over the years and I think a lot of my friends and peers that's still doing it um, have realized that, you know, you can't, what worked back then does not work now, you know, uh, even, even how the, how the, the old independent system was like that, you know, I mean, it's cool that there's vinyl too. Um a lot of it is also really hands-on. Like you, re- you really have to be more hands-on. Uh, you got to learn. You know, you have to learn whether you'd like it or not. You know, they have to learn the landscape. You got to, le- you got to learn whatever tools is available to you, and then and use what works for you. I mean, and being a student, you know, I even asked my godson to because my godson's a producer. 
So his name is Nico Orock. He used to be known as Nico Beats. He's the uh, oldest son of Bab DJ Babu. So, and he's working with like with, with a lot of the younger cats. And he made he he made a killing, you know, making his own company doing sound design, making those sound packs and stuff. And I'm just amazed, you know, what he's doing. So I ask him questions to navigate into what how what he does, and then I I use what I think works for me. Into you know, like I. Like you have to be realistic. You, you you can't be like trying to chase whatever's hot. You can't can't chase what's like you know what the uh, you know what you think is going to be dope. You just got to stick to your guns and, and and again be realistic about who your who your fan base or your you know who you want to go to. Um, and this goes also to the uh, you know how people talk. It's interesting because it's, it's you, you see this you see these conversations all the time on on all social media like especially now with hip hop, you know, being the, the, the 50th year of hip, hip hop, there's a lot of talk about this and that. Um, and a lot of, a lot of, you know, there's a disconnect between the older generation and, and the younger generation. And I think it's the only, and I think hip hop, the culture of hip hop is the only genre or culture compared to other music genres or cultures that we, that, that, you know, that, that we don't, uh, respect our heroes, or we disrespect the, uh, we're disrespecting the younger generation, you know, or whatever, whatnot. And even our generation, my, you know, the generation I'm from, all they, all you hear is complain, complain, complain. But what are you doing? And then you realize, you know, like you have to understand that a lot of them, like, you know, we're we're now like, you know, like, got cats, got are married, got kids, got responsibility. So it's not like it used to be. So when they stop, when they stop kind of listening, what was kind of dope, you know, most of the time they just hear what's on the radio. Cause that's the only time they have, you know, like it's, if you're still a fan, you will make it. I look at it as if, if you're still a fan and you love the culture, regardless if you have a family or not, you, you'll make, you'll make time. If you love this stuff, you know, you figure out something, you'll find out. And I tell people that there's a lot of people complain what's on the radio. It's like, it's like why are you listening to the radio? There's there's so much dope shit out right now. Like compared to like when in the 80s and not, in the 80s and stuff, there there was it was barely any stuff out there, and you had to go dig for it. You gotta look for it. Now there's so much shit out there, you just have to dig for what you like. Mm. You know, so uh I, I, you know, I don't know if I have the right answers, you know, the correct answers, but I just think is you have to be, if you really love, love the culture, love the music, you would still consistently be doing, you know, you'd be active with it. You know, it's like going to the gym, you know, sure. You may not be as, uh, you know, as, as fast as you used to, but you still, you know, you're still up to it. You know, like how you're saying, like, how do I keep my ear in the street? Cause I, you know, cause that's what I, I try to, you know, mm-hmm. No, that that's a great analogy. And when and when we talk about that, I mean, I think that that definitely comes through on the sound check show that you that you do each week, um, which which I love because it's like you you're able you you pay homage to the classics. You you play new stuff like you're you know it's not just artists in your network, but also like new music that you know maybe um, no one's heard before. I mean, what's that process like for you as you're you know hearing all the new music that's coming out, thinking about you know the DJ set, the playlist, and really putting together what's going to sound good, but also what you love um, to really make those quality soundcheck episodes that you do? Uh, that's a good question. Um, there's, a, I mean, uh, uh, 
I've been doing the the show soundcheck for 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 quite a while because originally it was it used to be just the the junkies were doing it together. We're all we used to have our own radio station on this on this on this radio app called Dash Radio, and we we did that like in two thousand started in two thousand maybe fifteen or so fourteen or fifteen. Uh, and we used to, I mean, we were based upon like, you know, how, you know, how they used to do it, like at least in the, you know, the nineties, like, you know, with the with Friday night flavors and wake up show, of course, like stretch, and Bobbito, um, you know, just, um, you know, so, you know, and, and a lot of us in the junkies, we all came, you know, we all did radio at one point or, or another and stuff like that. So, uh, when we, when we start, when we actually, uh, open up our our DJ school. A lot of the guys had to like you know fall back and you know concentrate on on the school or you know or other. We have we have a record pool. We have a digital record pool. We also have a um uh, uh what do you call it uh like a online school. But I mean at the time is like you know we all had to kind of spread out and stuff. So I still wanted to do the radio. So I took I took um. I took the the helm to do it, so I, you know, I was end up being my show for I don't know another for uh, another couple of years, and then the pandemic hit, and then and then I started just you know everybody you know all the everyone as a DJ transitioned to using Twitch, so I started doing and like you know what let me let me try doing this you know like see how to do sound check on on Twitch because it usually was like I I try to when I do my when I did sound check, I tried to formula like like you were listening to you know like you're listening to the radio, but now yet when it did when it was trans you know transition to Twitch, it's like now people are looking at you. I just like I don't you know like I don't want people looking at me while I'm you know DJing and you know like unless I'm performing, but it's like you know a radio show is not like to look at you know. So I had to kind of like everybody if you watch you know people that DJ on Twitch you know you just everybody's like. You know, like you see them DJing, but then they're also talk, you know, talking and, you know, just, you know, just kind of trying to interact with the with the people. And that's the one thing I had to kind of figure it out. Uh, but so I kind of like, you know, let me start in incorporating video mixing and playing videos and stuff like that. You know, and then, of course, once, you know, technology is like, well, can I interview people? Well, let me try this way. So that's that. And then D Styles, you know, he said, you know, he saw me doing all the work. It's like, hey, let me help you. So in the last two years, he been he jumped on and I mean him been doing this stuff. But it took so I, I I go back to the same thing as a DJ. You like you listen, you you if you look for some dope shit, that's that's our job as a DJ is to find that dope shit and play that you, whatever you like, you know. And hopefully if you if the people see that you like it and they like it, then that works. You know, not everyone's gonna like what I do, and that's all cool. It's all good, you know. But yeah, it, it's a lot of work that I put into it, it's, as, as well as D and stuff. So um, I still go dig. I mean, I digital dig. You know, I don't go record shopping. I mean, I still go record shopping, but I can't. Uh, I don't go buy you know all the newer shit because there's so much music out there. So um, I've been lucky. People send me stuff, but if I don't have their connect or whatever. I'll go on people's Bandcamp page and buy buy the music to support because I know how it is, you know. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. I mean, what does digital digging look like when you're looking for new artists and 
Because I mean, sometimes you hear, oh, there's nothing good out. You know, there's so much better before. But there is a lot of great music out there. Mm-hmm. And guys like John Doe and Eddie Meeks at Southern Vanguard Radio have, have mm-hmm. shown that too. You know, what does it look like to digitally dig today? Like, you know, we're talking YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify. Like, where where do you go? How do you search? Like, what, what do you do to, like, kind of uncover great new music? Well, it does help, like, you know, with, like, like people with, with John Doe, you know, like, you know, we – I see his playlist or I see other people like whoever's on right now. Who's uh, who I, you know, I always pay attention is obviously John Doe, DJ clips. Um, you know, when he does this show track star or, um, uh, 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 tone spliff who has his own radio show. I, you know, certain people's radio shows, I look at their playlist and then, um, of course, you know, when I discover Bandcamp, that, you know, I go, you start going down the, you know, the rabbit hole when you like, oh, did you like hip hop? You might like this one. It's like the same thing, you know, if you go to uh, Apple Music, if you like this artist, you might like this. You start going, you start going down the rabbit hole. It's like the same thing if you go and digging for records, you look at labels, you look at artists, or you look at the engineers or musicians, you just start, start going down the rabbit hole. Um, same thing too, YouTube or whatever. But, you know, like I prefer when I want the stuff, I'll buy it. If I can't really get it, then maybe I'll download it free download whatever but i i i believe i still believe in trying to to support the artist you know because i because i'm an artist myself so i i want you know i know how i feel so like and i think too we if we supposedly support you know like want our culture to survive you should you know especially our music genre and stuff, people should support and buy you know but i get it because of technology everyone it's it's all convenience and stuff and and it, it, it's a it's a catch twenty two because most of the time, and I hate to say this, but most of the time the the consumers are like their entitlement, or especially hip hop fans, you know, they gimme 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 gimme, they want this now, or you know, it's just it's not the age and stuff like that. So I don't know. Again, maybe I, I'm a, I'm a I come from a different generation, but I try to you know I'm not gonna knock them for that because I understand, but you know. I try to tell people at least is like, dude, if you really lo- love your artists, support them. Don't go be downloading and and doing that stuff. But yeah. And and we saw a lot of that really happen, you know, with the the blog era, the the free mixtape downloads, the the pirating, you know, through Napster, Soulseek, Audio Galaxy, all those all those old sites, you know, where you could really just download whatever you want and kind of get in this habit of like everything should be free. Um so I, I I hear what you're saying. It's it's cool that you still monetarily support artists. I mean, it seems today too like the best way for artists to really make money is almost through like merchandise sales at concerts and through their website. Like, right? It's like the music is almost a vehicle to get you to buy the t-shirt and the hoodie. Almost. Uh, unfortunately, that's how it is. That's 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 the thing because of how the how the how the industry is now set up, you know, like that. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And even the independent, like vinyl, it's interesting. Vinyl is, is, is the biggest seller now, you know, like in the 90s, but it's not this, it won't be the same as it was like in the 90s. Cause like, if you're independent, if you sold, imagine, you know, if you imagine this, if you sell 10,000 pieces of a 12 inch vinyl at, at five ninety nine, that was a lot, you know, that would, you you made it, you know, you made it big. You can't, you're lucky if you can sell out 200, you know? And again, it's just, it's, it's, and it's interesting too. Now the younger, the younger generation are now are, are going towards vinyl. 
A lot of it, especially now, vinyls are now considered also art pieces, you know, because they make it a collector's item the way they, with the designs and stuff like that. But again, vinyls still, to me, vinyl is the best, but, you know, again, it's expensive too. Uh, as a DJ, who, you know, I don't buy a lot of new, I don't still, I don't buy a lot of new music just because at the same time, I'm not trying to bring too much vinyl out when I DJ. My, I, you know, I ain't tr I did that before, you know, you know, that's, that's how many years ago. My back don't like that. <laughs> you know, so I am not mad at Serato, you know, but, you know, and that's another thing too. People blame Serato when Serato's is, you know, cause it's like, oh, it, it made stop the vinyl. You know, they, uh, they, they made the vinyls, you know, being stick at one point or whatever. It's destroying this. And, and I, I go, I come back to saying, Technology, you it's you you use it as a tool. It should be not a crutch. Um, it's like what it's like you know, Spider Man's uncle Ben said, you know, with great powers comes great responsibility. That's the same thing with using technology. Serratos is just a tool. You still you you just because you have easy access, you still got to learn how to do the fundamentals and you know like in anything you do, you know, like because um, it's like. You know, once you take out the technology, what do you got? You know, but if you understand the fundamentals, you can use the you can use the technology to your advantage. But yeah, uh, it's it's just yeah. I mean, depending what again, you're, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Is you're knowing your market. You know, like the people who I who I consistently seeing killing it, not using not with just you know hoodies and and shirts and stuff. It's vinyl. Like you know, you see people like Alchemist and mugs. And evidence, rock Marciano, they, you know, a lot of them, you know, they're making their own, you know, they got their own websites. You don't fuck the middleman, just go directly to them. And then they do, they mail it out themselves, or at least that, you know, if in the beginning they would. And then they had some, then they, of course, they have a staff, you know, but a lot of people, a lot of us still mail out shit ourselves if we have the time, you know? No, that's, that's the way to go. I mean, I think that's one of the best changes I've seen, I think, over the past maybe 10, 10, 15 years is that DIY attitude that um, a lot of independent artists, you know, you look at Hyro um, had back when it wasn't that popular. And now it's like, people are seeing, Hey, they, that, that was the way to go this whole time. Right. But it's interesting too, because is it like, again, this is, it's a, it's a, it's a gift and a curse because now everybody wants to be an artist. Everybody, there's everybody wants to be this. Everybody wants to be that. That was the only thing I can say is different back then, say now, because if you were, if you wanted, even if you were independent, you, you got to be really serious. You got to spend a lot of money, you know, to get equipment, to press up records and stuff. I mean, now equipment's a little bit more cheaper. You don't have to go to the recording studio. You can, you know, you can record it at the house or, you know, if you had home equipment, you know. At the time, it was still expensive, like in the '90s and stuff, even early 2000s. You know, so um, it, 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 there, there were, you know, it's like again, it's it's good and bad and stuff like that. Er, you know, everybody also who was a is a fan that became became artist or whatever, whatnot. You know, and just it's nothing wrong, but it's like you. I mean, you you kind of see it. It's, it's the market's oversaturated. So you, so I always say now is like you just got to find what you like. You know. No doubt, man. And, and yeah, that's, that's great advice. And, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to hear, you know, just your perspective on, on the evolution of, of 
just the the business side of hip hop and the marketing and promotion side. Um, you know, I also appreciate the way you did some marketing and promotions for the Smithsonian grade book, the story of Southern Vanguard radio on your um, soundcheck show um, with, with Doe and Meeks, you know, the, the two hosts of, of Southern Vanguard radio and, and, you know, just for some background information for anyone who doesn't know the three of us, Doe Meeks and I put out the book to really document the history of Southern Vanguard radio and just uh, John Doe and Eddie Meeks is really, um, you know, long history in the game, you know, their prolific history, what they've, what they've done, where they're going. And so I just appreciate the fact that you took time out, you know, not just to play some of their, you know, you know, best, best songs, but also really give space to the book and talk about it, man. You know that. So, so I appreciate you for doing that. Ah, no, thank you. I mean, well, me reading the book, you know, it was cool to see, you know, cause it's funny. Cause it's like, I've, I've, I've known about Eddie and know John, but I never knew, like, I was like, oh, you you guys were, pro- uh, man, I'm, I'll mess up their group name. Pro, uh, pro, uh, <laughs> Prophetics. Prophetics. Yeah. And I, I would say, I would say, you know, I see the records at Pappy's at selling and stuff like that. Or, you know, I was like, oh, shit. And then they figured out that, you know, John's connection with Egon, you know, um, and, you know, Eddie Meeks, I would hear his names, like, in, in a couple of mixtapes and whatever, whatnot. So putting, you know, putting two and two together like you know it's 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 interesting like as a as a as a hip-hop head and a hip-hop fan and that we you know that i you know for me personally get to connect with them and stuff you know and just tripping out how they're like oh we're fans of yours like shit you know because to me i still look uh i'm you know I, i'm honored still feel still that people still check out for my for myself or my crew so i'm I, you know i still again i look at it i'm still a fan so when someone says like, "Oh, I've been listening to you for a long time," I was like, "What?" I'm not used. To, you know, it's it's weird to me sometimes because I still, again, I love this shit. So that's why I'm still doing it. Though it can be, I mean, it's it's um, it, what everybody has to everybody has to understand is is like this is a passion. But then if you're in the business, you also have to treat this as a business. So you know they don't see the they don't see the hard work and stuff like that. So there's a you know. There's a different there's a difference to it. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, um and, and you often don't see that that behind the scenes. I mean, when you think about books too that that haven't really been released, I mean, what what books would you be excited about reading if if you had that opportunity like to kind of just pick like this is what I want to read? Like what would be like if you could if you could pick books that haven't been written yet, what would you love to read? That's crazy. Well, a lot of them has been written now. I mean, obviously Dilla. Shouts to uh, to my to, to my brother Dan Charnis. You know he you know he did that. That was a man. That was crazy that he did something on Dilla. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got to read what else books have I got to read? You know, Rock Him. You know, uh, I mean a lot a lot of things too. Is uh oh man, Brian Coleman. Man, when he wrote yeah. all the you know like when he wrote all the books, the breakdowns of the albums, that's like, yeah, I, check the technique. Yeah, man, come on. You know, and Brian, you know, Brian Coleman's an OG in the game, you know, in the game and stuff like that. Matt, uh, Brian Coleman wrote a, a, a review for, for the key cool and Ritmatic album, you know? So that was, you know, t- that was like, to me, that's big and shit, you know? So it's, you know, it's interesting again, as being a fan 
And then all the people you connect to over the years or, you, you know, like for instance, you, Brian, you know, we just connected just because of, you know, shots to John and Eddie because, it, you know, we, we, we recently connected. And I, you know, I, I didn't know that you wrote um, Pumpkinhead's um, book, you know? Yeah. And so it's crazy because, man, Pumpkinhead is my man. He, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's it, like, he actually, I actually got to record one song with them long, you know, before he passed away and shit. And no it was way. on his, yeah. Um, it's called, uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, hold on. Yeah, let me, uh, Wake Up. It's called Wake Up. Oh, man. So, yeah. I remember sending him the beat and says, uh, can I rock this? Like, yeah, go ahead. The next you know, then what maybe two years, three years later, he passes away and shit like that, you know. So man, it's crazy. But you know, like it's dope. You did Pumpkinhead, then you did I I, I just found out you did Cormega, you know. So you know, I don't know, man. It's kind of oh, you know, actually be kind of cool. And my big he's my big brother, but I know he's not into all the he's always liked to be in the in the in the in the shadows. If he did a book on Divine Styler. Mm. Divine's the man, dude. There'd be a lot of good stories there. Oh yeah. But he's he's so he's so anti uh yeah, he's not really into the industry shit, you know. Like, I mean, I mean it's crazy. It's like a lot of people don't know, like you know, like well, obviously Everlast uh, um retired from from performing now because he has some he has some um uh, uh, medical issues and stuff but divine was a uh, uh, um everlast guitar tuner when they go when they go on the road that's wild yeah but see divine divine is the one that helped brought everlast into the business like divine's an og og like that but you know he's so dude he's so talented he's so he's so knowledgeable but yeah he's so anti he doesn't like to be in the light I can I can definitely dig that. I can, I could see that. You know, there's there's a lot of what I've discovered too. I've been doing books with Chopped Herring Records over the past like six years, where we'll interview folks that put out records through Chopped Herring, and a lot of times it's artists who haven't been super active in the scene in the past five ten years, and they've kind of been living like all like they're like a separate life apart from hip hop, almost like you know regular job. No one really knows their history in the game, but we start talking. And it's like, man, there's so many people out there that just have some really amazing stories, but you know, they may be working um, a non-hip hop related job, and people have no idea they're working next to someone who like made some incredible contributions. That's an interesting too, because what you said too, also, we're at an age where our generation now are like, like there's some people like say superstition, you know, like who has a daytime job, but then does does music you know like and before it used to be you want to live with your art but as we're getting older it's there, you know there's no shame of having a nine to five job if you need to to you know and and then the mute you put out music how you ever you want to is just because that's also therapeutic you know like you know you just you control how the way you want it it's like there's a lot of artists like that you know if you in especially in the independent scene if you're you know because a lot of people think they see, you know, they just see what's what's in the, you know, what's on what's on social media or what's on the TV screens or whatever, and they think, you know, uh, 
you got at one point you, you used to kind of live like you could kind of live like that but you know everything's changed now you know like the way how the you know like you said the landscape it's like i wouldn't want to even want to sign to a major label <laughs> also because it's the 360 deals they don't that they're even now trying to take your your tour money and shit or tour merchandise you know right so it's crazy so it's 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 yeah i don't know i mean knock on wood see how, how lucky you know how long we can do this for unless until i don't know that's as long as we can do it that's all that matters yeah no seriously and something you said too you know is you know people have these daytime jobs you know i have two you know like it's mm. not like this secret anymore or like this alternate like i don't have to have a job you know you know hip-hop pays all my bills like there used to be this kind of um braggadocious like attitude that like i don't have you know i don't have to you know do anything other than you know music and that pays my bills even when you know i do interviews with guys but and you know they'll tell me out off the off the record you know what they're what they do but like on on the record you know we're not showing that kind of vulnerability where now it's like acceptable and 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 fine to to admit like hey like i have this this is my career this is my job I'm still active in hip hop, but like hip hop doesn't pay my bills. So I do this and this instead. Right. Um, like that landscape has changed to where like, you're not looked at um, as being less than for having the full-time gig or, you know, still being involved, but maybe not being able to just drop everything and go on a tour because of work commitments. Right. Right. No, I mean, I mean, again, it, hip hop, the culture of hip hop is still relatively young compared to others right so um it's fun it's it's cool to see a lot of our ogs are getting the shine that they deserve or they're, or they're getting a a, a a like you said they're reinventing themselves or they're like you know they're getting a, a a second a second rush of things you know so it's really cool i mean you hear the things about how like hip-hop is supposedly like the rap music is like 40% down on sales and shit like that. But then the concerts are not the hip hop or rap. I don't want to even say hip hop. It's just rap. You know, the rap shows are not as big, but why is it the, uh, you know, when, you know, all the original, sh you know, like not original, but like the older generation, like, you know, like, like the, the force tour or the Nas Wu-Tang and, uh, and De Los tour or even the run the jewels or you know like they're they're making a killing you know like people are coming out for that shit you know and that that was a thing that was cool now because there's start there's now before there was no market for our generation mm. if you think about it now they're starting to you know and then so i mean that's a whole nother conversation itself no it, it really is i mean you know, when, when you look at, look at all of that, I mean, where do you see your legacy, your work, you know, across all the different, you know, places you've been involved really fitting in? I don't know, man. That's a, that's, that's not me to say. <laughs> you know, that's, up to, that's, that's up to the people in the history. You know, you can mm -hmm. say whatever you want, but um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, I, obviously, I think as you know, as a DJ and as a, you know, as 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 part of the Beat Junkies, I I I would like to say that at least the the contribution and the legacy we're probably leaving is because we when we started a school, 
a DJ school. Yeah, yeah. You know? So if you asked us six, seven years ago that we opened a DJ school, we thought you'd be crazy. Because, you know, hip-hop was the type of thing that you don't you don't share your secrets and stuff, you know, um, and whatnot. But, you know, as you get older, you realize that, you know, in order our culture to survive, you have to share that technology, you know, that technology. You have to share the 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 knowledge, you know, each lessons and stuff. And then I still believe in not biting, you know, but we try to tell our students, it's like, it's okay to bite but do behind closed doors and stuff so you can figure it out. Cause like the difference is that we teach, we teach them. We didn't have anyone to teach us. We had to figure shit out. Right. But we always tell them like, you know, a couple of things we tell them, like, you know, we don't promise you a career, but we promise you a lifetime of passion. Mm. You know, uh, don't worry about comparing yourself to other people, you know, worry about your own journey. And then also like, if you, you know, if you love what you do, some all those things will come to you. If, if that's what you, if it's, if it's really what you want and you really, it's meant, really meant for you. And then also too, is like, you always tell them like, find your own style and that doesn't come overnight. You know, like you got to like, you have, it takes a while. It's a lifetime mission. You know, you, you won't find your voice until some people might find it quicker, but you know, we always say like, don't try to be the next Jazzy Jeff. Don't try to be the next this or that. Don't try to be the next uh, um, GG Premier. We need you. That's you know that's the one thing we try to tell them and stuff. So, um, and we try to, to besides sharing the history, we try to show them the fundamentals of what we think that you know real good DJing is and stuff. You know, so uh, so you know respect to other schools if they're teaching stuff, but we we try to keep it more like the culture and the art style, you know, or the art form per se, but, you know, at the same time, like put your own, own twist to it. We're giving you the techniques and the fundamentals. Don't forget where you come from, but figure once you give that do you. Yeah. Regardless of music, what you play. <laughs>